today we're, we're wrapping up our Photoshop Life series. And as I've been saying, Photoshop is a graphic editor. And so, you know, editors will go ahead and, and they'll take different pictures and they'll tweak them and they'll change them. They'll look, make them look a little bit better than they actually are. And there's this one guy who's gotten kind of famous for doing this in a pretty fun, fun way. His name is James Friedman. And you guys can check out his stuff online. It's really funny because people will send him pictures and ask him to tweak something, but he'll do it in a sarcastic and funny way. I have a bunch of examples for you. The first one, there was this lady here standing by this beautiful waterfall and so she wrote and said James I, I like this picture but I'm too far away can you can you fix it and so this is what James did so so there's that one and then you have this guy who said hey James I'm the guy holding the golf tee in my mouth can you make it look like my friend went ahead with the swing and so there's the picture that James came up with for that one uh, the next couple uh, the, the husband reached out and said hey can you make my wife and I the same height and so James was like yeah no problem I got that I, I'll totally work that out then we have this fine, 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 beautiful Statue of Liberty scene here. And so this lady wrote in and said, hey, can you take out all the people behind me? And so James had some fun with that. <laughs> I'm not supposed to take her out, I don't think. Um, and then this was a beautiful, you know, little here wedding moment here, a wonderful couple. And they said, hey, we love this picture. What an epic, like, castle it looks like behind them. But they said, can you take the car out? And so he was happy to accommodate <laughs> with that one. Then we have this guy who said, hey, James, uh, can you take the guy with the white hat out of the picture? And so he got, it, got that perfect. And lastly, this is one of my favorites. This guy said, hey, this is the only decent photo I have of me and my girlfriend. Can you fix it? And he kind of left it open. And so there you go. So, so pretty well done, right? And that's what Photoshop does. Photoshop basically takes all these different scenarios and, and basically makes them look better than they actually are. And so often in life, we are living in the world where we're doing that all the time, right? Or it's being done to us all the time. Uh, we're, we're photoshopping our world, right? We're, we're making our, our stream or our, our, fa- you know, our Facebook feed look better, our Instagram story look better, our Snapchat thing look better, or it's just real life. It has nothing to do with social media. It's just in real life we present ourselves in such a way that makes it seem to everybody else like we're good, all is well, everything's fine. And the problem with that is, is this stuff exhausts us, right? It gives us tremendous pressure to keep this up but it also makes us really jealous and insecure as we look at other people's stuff, right? Or as, again, if you take social media out of the equation, as we just look at other people's lives, sometimes we just are so overwhelmed with feeling like, wow, how come I don't have this? How come I don't have that? How come it seems like life's so perfect for them? And we get angry at God, we get angry at them, we start treating them bad, we have a horrible self-esteem. I mean, all these terrible outcomes of what this Photoshop world that we're living in. And so it takes its toll on those of us doing the Photoshopping and those of us seeing the Photoshopping. And so in this series, we've talked about the struggles that kind of come along with that. And we've also talked about what God can do in the midst of it all to help us bring healing and to help us to become a bunch of people who are actually real again, right? And so far, we talked about jealousy and security. And in week one, we basically discovered that we thought we had a problem with the person. We realized we actually have a problem with God when we're jealous. And, and we saw this, that the remedy... The remedy for jealousy is the conversation with God. And then lastly, we looked at insecurity. And we saw this kind of like famous story in the Bible, maybe through a different lens, and discovered that knowing who you are in God obliterates insecurity. It just wipes it out. When you know who God is, you know who you are because of who God is. It just makes a whole different scenario altogether. And so today, I want us to recognize something I'm pretty excited about today because I feel like this is, you know, a real cry to kind of find our lives again, you know, because I think this Photoshop life is so deadly to our hearts. It's, it's really obliterating our souls. It's, it's devastating to 
our minds. You know, even on a physiological level, they're saying that there are these implications with our brains right now because of this Photoshop world that we're living in. Like this hunt on social media the, or the, the big screen TV in our, in our den, right? Like there's this, this rewiring, or rewiring of our brain that's happening. And what, what we find even are chemical impulses that cause us to seek out approval on social media. Like you ever been that person? I have. You ever been that person where before you even knew it, like Instagram was open somehow? You don't know who opened it or how it got there, but it's in your hand. You're looking at it. You're like, when and how and Right? Or how many hours have we kind of just numbed out on the couch and the news cycle is playing on repeat and repeat and repeat. You already saw us 18 times. You saw that story. You saw about the cat that got the person out of the tree and that's backwards. But you know, I mean, like this whole thing, right? And, and it's still kind of just this, this, this numbing out, this like search for approval, this search for satisfaction, right? Well, John Eldridge wrote a book called Get Your Life Back. Our staff's been going through it. It's been really powerful. I encourage you guys to read it and put it on your to-read list. But one of the things he talks about in the book, which I just found so helpful in this really heavy season that we're going through, he talks about how we were not designed as people to bear the weights we bear. And then he goes on. What does he mean by that? It's not just that we're not meant to bear hardship and hard times, but think about it. He makes such a good point. He says we're not meant to bear the incredible access that we have to everybody and everybody has to us. We're not meant to bear the access of what happened on the other side of the world last night that was devastating. He says, think about it, for thousands of years, people lived with limited access to others and limited access to the devastation around the world. Now, I'm not saying we become indifferent and we just become a bunch of people who live by ourselves and we close our eyes and ears to the world's problems. No, we're going we're gonna to make an impact, right? That's why we partner with Long Island Youth Mentoring and Operation Christmas Child. That's why we partner with Soundview Pregnancy, International Justice Mission. That's why we do a grocery outreach every single week, right? So I'm not saying we cover our eyes and ears and pretend the world's all happy. But maybe there needs to be, for our hearts and our minds and our souls, a time where we like unplug from it all where we find our lives again. Like if you're my age or older, you probably have said this to somebody your age. You've said, you know, remember when we were kids, right? Remember what it was like? I mean, some of you guys even younger than me, you're like, man, remember when you just got lost outside for like eight hours with your friends on a bike and it was just great. Your parents didn't even really worry where you are. That was maybe a little bit of a problem, but but you just kind of went and did your thing, right? Like, isn't that Interesting that, that there's something in us longing for that day. I think we long for that for our kids and our grandkids, kids in the room. Man, that might sound like the worst thing to you. I don't want to be out on a bike for eight hours. It is the best. It is the best, right? Like this whole idea of just getting our lives back because there is so much weight we are carrying because of this Photoshop world that we live in. We were not designed to carry. So how do we find some balance in it all? I mean, I just think about it, right? No wonder we're, we're so sad. And our kids are depressed, right? And our marriages are falling apart. And we're on this hunt for, for more stuff and more status and more likes and more followers. And we're busy with no end in sight. And we're exhausted. And our souls are exhausted. We have to remember, as I said in week one, there's this one-to-one ratio between social media use and depression, anxiety, and jealousy. One-to-one means everybody, right? And so everybody who uses social media is more depressed and anxious. That's just, that is scientific proof at this point. Man, how do we get our lives back? 
I want to take a minute and just share a few app folder names that I have on my phone. You know how you get your, your phone and you put your apps in a folder, and then you can name it whatever you want, right? They'll come with some suggestions, but you can name it whatever you want. So, so here are some of mine. My GPS folder I have nicknamed Anti-Lostness, so that's what that one is. My dieting Weight Watcher apps I've labeled Fatness. <laughs> my stores, Best Buy, Target, Costco, all these stores I've labeled Money Takers. Let's just call it what it is, right? My app, uh, my, re- my remotes app, like, you know, you get a, oh, you got the Apple TV remote you can do on your phone now, you got this remote, that remote, I've called that one Merotes, because that's what Landon, my 12-year-old now, used to call it when he was like two, be like, dad, can I have the Merote? So we still call it the Merote in our house, try and change me, it will never happen, all right? Now, can some of you guess the name that I have for my social media email folder? Go ahead, yell it, anybody got a guess? Okay, it's a good one. Anybody else? Mind-numbing, very good. Anybody else? All right. The name is sadder slash unhappier. I don't even know if that's correct grammar. But sadder slash unhappier is what I see every time before I open these apps because I know that's the truth, what they're going to make me, okay? Now, again, kids, kids like my kids' age right now think I'm like an, a dinosaur right now. I get it, all right? But I want to tell you guys I'm fighting for like you too. Because I want you out on a bike for eight hours. Like, I want you to experience life, right? Those of you guys, maybe college, you know, young 20s, like, like, I want you to experience life more than just in this Photoshop world that we're living in. So no, I'm not suggesting we never use social media again. I use it, right? I'm not suggesting we never watch TV or the news or anything like that. But I just wonder what the balance might look like. There's a guy on our block who walks his dog every single day. And he walks his dog around the time that Kelly and I will go out in the morning on a walk as well. And every single time I have ever seen this guy, after living in this house for about a year and a few months, he is walking his dog, looking at his phone the entire time. He's not looking at the leaves changing. He's not looking at the sun. He's not looking around to interact with people. It's just this is the deal. And then a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, wow, his wife's out with him. Wow, they're going to be like, nope, she's like, they're both just like, right? Like, like phone zombies, zombies. I don't even know what to call them, right? But that's who these people are, right? Man, I just pray that we can learn how to not be zombies, right? That we can change and we can say, wait, there's more to live for than what's on this screen in this Photoshop world. And again, if your struggle is not a phone, man, maybe it's a big screen TV on the wall. Again, like I said earlier, just numbing out to endless cycles of news or, or binge watching whole seasons in a night. Like I'm just saying there's more. We got to learn how to get our lives back because none of that has worked. Like there's not a, maybe you've been entertained and hey, I watch TV in, in balance, you know, so I, I'm okay with it. But at the end of the day, like none of that has ever transformed our marriage. None of that has ever actually brought us lasting joy we can sink our teeth into. None of that has ever given our kids something to live for, right? Like there's this brokenness that we keep finding as we search in these places. If you're not a follower of Jesus, man, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching online. And you know, this stuff impacts you too. Your soul is looking for something so much more. And you're going to hear today about what that more is. So we're going to look in In Proverbs and then Philippians today, Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, and he gave incredible advice in chapter 4. He talks about purity. He talks about not uh, getting sucked into unrighteousness. He talks about wisdom. But one of the powerful things he says, i got to say it's one of the most powerful, I think, in the whole whole book is this. He says in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. And so he says, 
okay, let's talk about this thing. Again, wickedness, righteousness, purity, like all these wisdom, all these things. But then he says, above all that, above all else, all the other things I could bring up right now, guard your heart. Because I think this is the most unguarded the heart of the human race has ever been. I think that we have allowed our hearts just to be completely obliterated by the onslaught of all that we endure, and it's a cycle every single day. And again, I'm not saying we close our eyes and ears and we unplug completely, as nice as that does sound at times. There's got to be balance, right? Because here's what we experience. Our hearts were not meant to bear an angry text from a friend into scrolling through social media and seeing the party that all of our friends were at but we weren't invited to, to turning on the radio and hearing about an earthquake on the other side of the world that killed 100,000 people, to getting another angry text from the same friend and spending the next two hours texting back and forth and back and forth, and then collapsing on the couch and the news coming on with horrible story after horrible story, and then scrolling through social media, laying in bed, and within 30 seconds, you see your friend got a new car that happens to be your dream car, which you can't afford, another gathering we weren't invited to, two friends arguing politics and it's getting ugly, your favorite sports team lost, and three friends unfollowed you, all who are close with the friend you've been in the angry text with all day. Sound like anybody else's life? (laughs) I think that's all of us right now, isn't it? I'm telling you, our souls, our hearts, our minds are not meant to bear that weight. Above all else, guard your heart. Why, Solomon, why? Look what it says. For everything you do flows from it. Everything you do, how you parent, how you date, how you are married, how you are single, your single at married life, uh, how you work, how you play, the things that you entertain yourself with, the way you interact with people, everything you and I do flows out of that heart. And if my heart has been assaulted and unguarded, then how am I going to sleep? How am I going to interact, right? Again, we wonder why when we fall asleep at night, we're dreaming about like murderous clowns and stuff. I don't know, not that I am, not that I ever have. I don't know what you dream about. I've just heard things. But And then the first thing we do in the morning is what? Scroll, right? First thing we do, often many of us, before we even get out of our bed, it's texts, emails. What have I missed, right? Social media, it all starts again. Our hearts are so assaulted. How am I going to live a joyful day when that's my first thing I look at, right? How am I going to be in tune with God to make an impact when, like, the first thing I see is angry text from friend, angry text from this person, um, that person is doing this on social media, and my phone's blowing up because that person did this on social media, and what are we going to do as a church? And I, right? Like, how, oh, Lord Jesus, help me if that's the, I mean, I'll get to that, and I need to get to that. That's important, right? But if that's the first thing I see, I'll tell you what kind of day it's going to be, right? The same is true for you. You're just in a different context. The first thing you see is an angry boss, you know, email from your boss, a uh, disappointed text from a friend. Like, like again, you're going to get today. It, it waits for you. But what if, like, we're in tune with God first, right? Like, what if we're connected with him before that's what we uh, experience, you know? Like, I don't know about you, especially in this last season, um, I just wake up sad a lot. I just wake up sad, you know? And I've never been a morning person but I, I wouldn't equate it to sadness. I'd just say I'm like grumpy in the morning. You know, I'm just one of those people, okay? But lately it hasn't just been grumpy morning. It's been like actual sadness. And now I'm going to, and my wife's sitting right here. She'll, she'll tell you, I can then wake up and, and then now how am I going to talk with her, right? I'm going I'm to be heavy. I'm going to be weighed down. 
How am I going to interact with my kids on, on the way to school, right? Instead, though, what if my first thing isn't all of those things? What if my first thing is something that lifts my soul, that heals my soul, that restores my soul? What if that first thing is because my heart's guarded? Matthew Henry says this, We must keep our hearts from doing hurt and getting hurt, from being defiled by sin and disturbed by trouble. Keep them as our jewel. Wow, there's a statement. Keep your heart as a jewel as our vineyard. Keep a conscience void of offense. Lord, help us with that right now. We're going to do a series in a few weeks called Be Gracious. Be gracious. What does it look like to be gracious in this hour to other people? What does it look like to be gracious like Jesus was gracious, right? Our heart void of offense. Keep out bad thoughts. Keep up good thoughts. Keep the affections upon right objects and in due bounds. And Paul wrote some beautiful things that apply. Listen, he wrote some things where he could never have imagined the world that we live in. Like, as you imagine Paul writing what we're going to read in just a minute, thinking about texting, social media, email, large screen TVs, constant news cycle. Uh, I got a thing on my phone. On my, on my, that's, that's not a phone. That's a, what's this called? Watch. I got a thing on my watch every moment. The, the worst thing happened across the side of the world. And my watch goes off. My phone goes off. Like, I know. Like, can you imagine Paul thinking about us living in that world? I don't know if he would have. He would just... Good luck, guys. Like, I don't even know what he would have said. But look at what he says. Verse Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Yeah, right, Paul. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, seriously, in this world, I can't do it. Forget social media and everything. Just real life. Like, I can't do it. I don't know how to be anxious about, not, not anxious about anything. If our hearts remain unguarded, we're going to, of course, be anxious and sad and overwhelmed. Instead, I've got to guard my heart. I've got to guard this heart so carefully. In fact, maybe more than me just guarding my heart, I've got to get some help on that. And I've got to invite God into guarding my heart and my mind. And so he says, don't be anxious about anything. Instead, do this. And this is our call, man. Today, this is how we have to start our day. This is how we have to end our day. This is what we have to do in the midst of our day. But in every situation, everybody say every situation. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And what would it look like if we traded some scrolls and some big screen TV time and maybe even some in-person gossip for, how about all the in-person gossip, for those things? In every situation, oh, but, but did you hear the whole thing fell apart in the friendship? Oh, and then no, they're not talking to them, and they're not talking to them. And all right, well, what if we just bring, because it says every situation, what if we just bring this to the Lord right now, right? And, and we, with thanksgiving in our hearts for who God is, that's key, that's huge. Because if I wake up sad and I start to thank God for stuff, that changes quickly, right? So I start to thank God for stuff. I'm going to bring him all of those things that are weighing down on me. And here's the problem, everybody, especially younger people. in My 12-year-old sitting in the back land. Listen up, man. Listen, we have gone to all of the social Photoshop world stuff like a Band-Aid on a hemorrhaging wound, right? Like we were trying to slap that thing on, you know, this brokenness we feel, this this big, huge emptiness in our soul, and we're going, okay, just entertain me, distract me, like me, follow me, entertain, show me what it is to live life, Uh, live life for me on the screen so I can just sit and watch you live life, right? Like this is what we've fallen for. 
And we forget a hundred times out of a hundred, we're going to come out of the other side of that more anxious and more jealous and more insecure. What if instead, right, instead of the Band-Aid, we said, Lord, heal me, heal me. Don't just put a Band-Aid on me, Lord. I don't want to just cover up this gaping wound in my soul, Lord. I want you to actually heal me and then fill me up with who you are. And so I'm going to thank you, God, because I'm going to bring you my request. And then, Lord, I'm going to present to you all those things that I can't control anyway. One of the things John Eldridge talks about in the book is so great. He, he says, we need to many times in the day just say, God, I give you everybody and everything. Give you everybody and everything. Because I, I can't change. I can't tweak. I can't transform. I'm going to give you everybody and everything. And you've got to name me. Name. God, I'm going to give you my kids. I'm going to give you my spouse. I'm going to give you my, my future. I'm going to give you my kids' future. I'm going to give you my grandkids. I'm going to give you uh, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my fiance. God, they're, they're in your hands. I'm going to give them to you. Listen, this isn't always easy, right? You know, if you've been coming to our church for a while, you know that I often talk about my late night walks with God, right? That's my favorite thing to do. Get out there. I don't love the cold so much. It's getting a little challenging right now. But I, I love just being out late at night with God, looking at the stars and looking at the trees and just being out there, right? We have some deer in our neighborhood. I've almost had a few heart attacks at that. Rounded a corner a few weeks ago, I just heard like, and I was like, what the? And yeah, that was a deer, thankfully. I didn't, you didn't know they sounded like Scooby-Doo, apparently, neither did I, but... but <laughs> But, but there I was. And I'll tell you what, though, in this last seven months, it has been the hardest it's ever been for me to get myself outside. Do you know why? Because it's been such a horrible seven months. And if I go outside, I have to be real about that with God. So I wasn't for a while. Because then I could just be distracted, you know? I can just sit inside, I can be on my phone, I can, and I'll read the Bible, I'll, I'll still pray, but it's like distracted pray, you know? And I just felt the Lord going, Doug, it's a band-aid, it's a band-aid, it's not going to work. Like, you're going to just stay hurt, you're going to stay sad, you're going to stay broken. And I'll tell you what, every time I go outside, it's just different. I so need it. I need to see the stars at night, right? I need to see a river running through our neighborhood and just hang out by it for a little while and see it. I need to smell somebody burning some wood in a fireplace. Like, that's just one of the best smells ever. I'll just follow until I find that guy. I'll, like, they're like, the bald man's up on the roof again by the chimney. Like, like that's me. I need that, right? And every time I'm out there, the next verse is true of me. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So, so now I've brought the Lord, again, familiar passage. Let's see it through a different lens. Well, I've brought the Lord all of my anxiety, and instead of trying to put a Band-Aid on with all the Photoshop stuff, instead I'm saying, oh God, heal me. And now I'm walking in this peace, this, this peace that passes understanding that makes no sense. And now what's happened here? This is amazing. Now I'm not just guarding my heart. But God, the very peace of God, is guarding my heart and my mind. And I'm going to miss out on that because I'm afraid to be real with God. I'm going to miss out on that because it's a Photoshop world i got to keep scrolling through. I'm going to miss out on that because, uh, oh, wow, I have to stay and make sure I'm watching the big screen on the wall because, no, man, how can I miss out on that? And then Paul gives us just the most incredible advice. Again, you've read it before. Right? If you're new to us today, this is incredible news. Look what Paul says we should do. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. 
Those things are the things we've got to fill our minds with. Can I ask you a question? How many of those things are found on your phone? How many of those things are found on the big screen? Again, everything in balance. I'm not saying we sell all our stuff and we get, I'm just saying in balance, could we maybe unplug from it all for a while and become human again and let the God of peace guard us now? Guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus as we also work to guard our hearts from all the different things that we seem to be so, so constantly obliterated by. Our staff is cracking up. As we were reading John Eldridge's book, he, ta- he talked about how in the second and third, or I'm sorry, the third and fourth centuries, there was a group of people who decided they were overwhelmed by the distractions of life and moved to the desert to seek God. Like, what was there to distract you in the third century? Like, the, this herd of sheep is really coming between you and me, Jesus. Like, I don't know what to do here. But can you imagine in our day how much more we need it? How do we unplug? What does it look like? We're going to talk about that real specifically here. How do we get healed and refreshed by God? Verse 9. Paul says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And here it is again. And the God of peace is going to be with you. You know that's what we're missing, right? You know that's what's been stolen from us. Our peace. Because i got to keep finding where everybody else is and what are they doing and, and keeping tabs on everybody and is everybody you know inviting me am I not invited if I wasn't invited why wasn't I invited like this is the world we live in now and it's just scary it's painful I live in the same world and I just wonder if our hearts and our souls and our minds are kind of dying along with it and Paul here says hey whatever you've learned from me or heard me heard me say or, or seen me do if you put it into practice the God of peace will be with you what has Paul told us to do what have we seen him model for us that when in in every situation we with thanksgiving, present our request to God, right? Instead of going to the person who we need to get on our side, we, we, we take it to God. Instead of telling the person that needs us on their side, like, okay, yeah, you're right to be angry about this, and, and I got your back. No, well, can we instead, like, let's redirect this energy up to the Lord, even with thanksgiving. God, we're going through a trial right now, and, and I know my, my friend's kid got left out, and, and they're hurt. And so, God, we could get real angry. We could start a whole movement here. Or we could instead say, Lord, heal my friend's kid. Right? Like, bring everything to him. Well, there's brokenness in our nation right now, and I can just get on social media, and we could, man, we could fire each other up. Or I could say, oh, Lord, Lord, this stuff's, this stuff's important. This stuff's tearing our nation apart. It's tearing our church apart. It's tearing our friend groups apart. Lord, what if we just brought it to you? Like, we're going to bring these things to you, even with thanksgiving. And there's this incredible God of peace now with us, guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How much better than all the clicking and scrolling and liking and following and unfollowing? How much better than the constant news cycle that's bringing in just burden after burden on us? Again, I'm not saying we don't know what's going on around the world, but again, just that constant having to know, that alert on the, on the watch every moment a bad thing happens around the world. I don't know that that's good for us. So what would it look like to find balance in this all? Because here's what I could tell you. I could tell you God wants you to stop putting a Band-Aid on so he could actually heal you. He wants you and I to walk in such peace. And I feel like that's the opposite of the world we live in right now. And I just think we could do something about it. Like, I don't think that this is like, oh, Doug's being all crazy again and this is out of reach. Like, No, we can do something about this. This is a choice we make. 
And I don't want to let a device or a screen get in the way of that. And now, there's one thing that maybe has been on some of your hearts throughout this, and it's my biggest objection to everything I've said today. And it's this. But there's people that need me, right? There's people that need me. And so I've got to be available 24-7. Wasn't it interesting that the Savior of the world took time away? Isn't it interesting that Jesus himself, when he walked on earth, there were times he just went with his 12 guys and nobody could find him. And there were even times he got away from the 12 and he was just by himself. And the 12 would come running to him going, Jesus, everybody's looking for you. Where are you? But he knew he needed that time with his father. Isn't it funny that, like, we always in the scriptures, when we read the Bible, you know, if Jesus was in Jerusalem one day and he's in, you know, Capernaum the next or something, that's like, oh, yeah, he just, like, he flew, right? He, like, took a quick red eye, right? You know, he was, because he was always busy. He was always, you know, it's interesting as you start to read, like, about ancient times and stuff like that, for them, listen, the journey was often the time of detachment, right? From one city to the next, he's just with his, his 12 guys. They're doing life together. He's with his community group, right? They're just doing life together. They're just walking through life, and they're taking you know, a multi-day journey, and nobody can find them. Isn't it interesting that, that Jesus does that and models that for us, and yet, I'll tell you what, I struggle with that. And isn't it interesting that maybe, just maybe, sometimes when people come to us and lean on us, listen, be there, be there, let's be there for people, but at the same time, could it be that sometimes we're actually in the way? We're actually in the way. Because who they should definitely be going to more than me is the Lord himself, right? And I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to do everything I can for you. I promise you that. But the Lord is your Savior, not me. And the Lord is your friend's Savior, not you. And there's got to, there's got to be space. There's got to be space, right? There's got to be times where we unplug from the Photoshop world. And so I want to tell you today to guard your heart. Guard your heart. With all that you have, begin to think about what it looks like to guard your heart. I'm going to spell some ideas out for you in just a minute. But God invites us into this. He says, hey, I care about your heart and your mind and your soul, and I'm the Savior and you're not. So, so guard your heart. And then he even takes it further, right? And the second thing I want you to think about is this, is invite God to guard your heart. By, by when there is something that comes upon you that is burdensome and painful and heartbreaking, when there's something that wounds you or someone that you love or care about, when, when a friend texts you, you know, this happened and what now? Like, be the person in their life that pushes them to thank God and present these requests to God, right? Be the person in their life that will be on your own just lifting them to the Lord, like, that's something that I love about my walks with Kelly in the morning is we're lifting you to the Lord. We're praying for you. We're, we're naming you. We're, we're asking Jesus to be at work in your lives and situations and the different things you reach out to us about. Like, we're, we're saying, oh, Jesus, be present and do something powerful here in the midst of all this. And when we do, there's this peace. There's this peace. Yesterday, I was really stressed out, like middle of the day. I was just super stressed out for 18,000 reasons. And I, I was busy. I was painting my house yesterday. I was doing leaves yesterday. But I was so stressed. And right in the middle of it all, I was like, I just need to get with the Lord for a minute. And I literally just got by the water. It's a really pretty little river creek thing that flows through our neighborhood. And I just stood there. And I made myself just wait till I felt God. And I didn't stay for like a half hour, even probably even five minutes. I don't even know how long I was there, to be honest. But I just stayed 
until I said to him several times, Lord, I give you everybody and everything. I give you everybody and everything. And I started to name some people and situations and I just, I give them to you, Lord. And I felt the peace of God and I returned and I kicked some butt on the side of the house painting again. What does it look like to just say, Lord, I got to give it to you. So let me give you some practical tips here. Uh, Recently I heard that we spend 93% of our lives indoors. And I've decided this is unacceptable. (laughs) 93% of our lives, even if you were a kid in the 80s like me and you spent eight hours on a bike every day, still we spend 93% of our lives inside. And so I'm just trying to get outside, man. I'm just trying to get outside more. We need it. We need it. I know it's like the bad time of the year to start saying this, but, but we need to just be outside in creation. Like you need to see the sunset. You need to see the sunrise. You need to see the stars. You need to smell your neighbor's uh, fire going. You need to see the leaves changing. You need to see water. You need to see sometimes, a few times a year, you need to see water that you can't even see the other side of. Like, like you need to see the creation. You need to breathe deep. You need to play. You need to have adventures. You need to go on hikes and walk. And, and play with your kids, play with your grandkids, play with your friends, play with your spouse. Like you need to be out there just doing some of these things that restore our soul. So I encourage you guys. I know we're getting to the cold part of the year. Yesterday was a little rough. But you know what? We need to get outside. Be in nature. Something happens. I'm telling you, something happens when you're outside. You just see God in a different way. I encourage you guys to set up some guardrails. Set up some guardrails. What are some guardrails? Here's some things I've been aiming at. I'm not perfect at these, but these are things in the last season I've been trying to do. I've been trying to take extended periods off of social media. It just shut down every week for a certain amount of time. For sure, you're not going to see me from Sunday night to Tuesday morning. When I get home after church Sunday night, I delete the apps, and I don't usually come back. Well, I never come back till Tuesday, sometimes not till the following weekend when i got to start talking about church stuff again. Whew, just detached, right? Just get off it for a little while and just be a person again. I want to encourage you guys, limit the news cycle. If the news is on 24-7 in your house, I'm just saying your soul is bearing some burdens it's not meant to bear. I would say turn off the alert on your phone. You're probably going to open the app anyway, but turn off the alert on the phone that tells you again when every last catastrophe has happened around the world. You're bearing a weight your soul's not meant to bear. One of the things I've been aiming at several nights a week is my phone goes off at 8 p.m. I know some of the kids in the room just had a heart attack. But my phone goes off at 8 p.m. and it's amazing. And you know what? If somebody's got to get a hold of me, they're going to get a hold of me. They, got, you know, they text my wife, text my kids, text the staff. Like, I'm, not, I'm not detaching from you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, okay? But I'm also removing myself from all of the non-emergencies and all the beautiful things, too. I, I love texting. Like, keep texting me. I'm, I'm happy for it. I, I appreciate communication and just silly stuff and heavy stuff. And if you have a prayer request, please keep it coming. But there's a window of my night where I just shut it down. Not every night, but some nights, shut it down. And I'm, I'm with my wife and kids. I'm with Jesus. I'm, I'm, we're able to relax. We can watch a show without 18,000. I'll take the kids sometimes. Oh, they hate that. I'll take the kids. It's going in the drawer for the next hour while we watch Lost. We're showing them Lost, everybody, being a real person again, all right? Come on. And so put, all the kids are, are lost. They don't know what that means right now, but right? Throw it in the drawer. We're just going to detach for a while, right? And it's just, di- I'm just saying, it's just different, okay? It's, just, it's not a verse in the Bible that's trying to have a phone, right? It's just different. We interact differently during 
that time I sleep better. I still have, an, I have my iPad so I can still read the scripture. I can read a book. I can watch a monkey do something stupid on YouTube. Like, like whatever I need to do after 8 p.m. I can still do minus social media and text and email, right? Beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay, this is really important. People in the room get first dibs over people on the phone. Ooh. People in the room get first dibs on your attention over people on the phone. So I wrote a couple of little things that will hopefully stick in your head. You ready? Family before phones, dudes before devices, females before Facebook, spouse before Snapchat, kids before Kindle. Sound good? We got them all down? So what does that mean? It just means, okay, I got a text, but my wife's talking to me. Oh, man, why does it seem like this person is so much more important right now? They're not. Like, what is that? I'm talking to my kids right now, but the, the little thing vibrated. The thing vibrated, right? Why does that seem so important? Why does it seem like my whole world has to stop right now? Oh, I'm, uh, my, my kid's got a, a game, which I really want to attend, but that event is happening on the big screen at home, so I have to, dude, it's called DVR. It's been around a really long time, right? I'll get you VCR if you want one. I'll, we'll go old school. I don't even care, right? Like, what is it about that, that screen that seems like it has to have our attention, See, the person on the device doesn't know that you're ignoring them to finish the conversation with your fiancé. But your fiancé knows because you're just looking down and they're talking, talking. Hey, I'm guilty of this with my wife and my kids. Sure, I'm working on it. But, but, but they know when I'm just here in this world instead. And so we've got to begin to get to the point where we're going, okay, they have dibs. They have dibs. The person here, the real-life person like with feelings and emotions that can see me right now, they get first dibs. And so the ding went off. I could, I could hold on for a little while. I'm, I'm actually, instead of calling my children's names, I'm going to start just being like, ding, ding. Just see, like, like there's a vibrator. They're like, Dad, Dad, did you need me? Like, it would be amazing, you know? Because they're so conditioned for that response now. But what would it look like for you and I to start to live this way? Look, I could be as guilty as, as anybody else with this. And, and what I find is this weird moment. I don't know if any of you guys experienced this. Maybe you'll think I'm crazy. I don't know. But this weird moment where after being at work all day, looking at a screen, you know, sometimes we come home tired, and so I, I'm choosing to look at other screens, my phone, the TV, whatever, right? And there is this weird thing that happens to me. Don't think I'm nuts. But I'll be looking at a screen, and all of a sudden, one of my kids will be like, hey, Dad. And I'll, I'll, I'll like, put the phone down or turn the TV off or pause or whatever and look them in the eye. And it's so weird, but... I know who they are. I know what they look like, right? But who they are just kind of jumps out at me once in a while, you know? Like who this beautiful person actually is just like kind of leaps out at me and kind of like takes me back a little bit. Like why am I trading them for this or that? And I just wonder what it would be like if we put up some guardrails and said, all right, Lord, I'm going to limit my... My, my big screen time, I'm going to limit my little screen time. I'm going to limit when this is on and when that's off. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to live because this stupid Photoshop world is so fake. Likes me nothing. People say stuff on social media they would never say in person. And it's full of such negativity and hypocrisy. What would it look like to unplug? Last thing I want to throw at you. Spend more time with Jesus than media. Spend more time with Jesus than media. You know, it's funny, like, we're on this hunt for oh, peace and satisfaction and contentment. And, 
Like we know, right? Don't we know that that's all wrapped up in time with him? And yet we look for it in all these other spots. Like that's where it's found. And I just want to say, if, if the first thing you see in the morning is Facebook, we're in trouble. And if the last thing we see before we fall asleep is our friend's story and not God's story, like we're in trouble. Like, like we're missing it. We're, we're, we've been duped. We've been faked out. And we're living for the Photoshop world. I just wondered what would flow out of our hearts if we said, Lord, I'm going to spend more time with you, the media. I'm going to look to you more, Lord. I'm going to keep the conversation going during my day. I don't want this to turn into legalism. Don't set a clock. And okay, I spent, you know, an hour and seven minutes with the Lord, so now I can finish that last season of ER. Like, like no, like, just be with the Lord, right? And set up some guardrails and say, okay, my morning, my first thing, I'm in, I'm in the, my, my devotional, man. I'm in my, my Bible app. I'm taking a prayer walk. I gotta wake up a half hour earlier. I'd stay up a half hour late if I'm gonna watch TV at night. Why wouldn't I, right? Or last thing I do at night, man, I'm gonna make sure it's a conversation with Jesus. Or like my kids come home at this certain time or I get that time with my girlfriend or boyfriend or fiance, like no phones for this amount of time or that amount. Like I'm gonna be a person again. I'm gonna go get lost on a bike for eight hours. Like, like wow, wow. I just want us to get our lives back. And especially in the midst of a really challenging season, I think we need it more than ever. Imagine what would flow out of the heart of a church full of Christians who have said, okay, I'm going to guard this heart. I'm going to allow the Lord to guard this heart. And in the middle of this crazy election and whatever is going to be beyond it, Lord, I'm going to be connected to you more than my device, my big screen. I'm going to just kind of check out of the Photoshop world a little bit. And Lord, I'm going to live for you. I'm telling you what, you're going to start to see friends come to Christ. You're going to see your marriage healed. You're going to see kids start to interact again and have fun again. You ever walk into your room and every single kid in the room is on a device? Like, what is happening? They're texting each other. Like, you have a voice box, right? Like, man, it's just a way, way better world. So if you're a follower of Jesus today, I encourage you, man, take this to heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Present everything to the Lord with thanksgiving and watch the peace of God and the God of peace come and be with you and guard your heart and your mind, and then he'll walk with you. If you're not a follower of Jesus, man, I'm just pointing to this better life, this better hope, and it's all about what Jesus did for us. He made a personal relationship possible with him. Like, I can bring him anything I want at any point of my day. I can stand by the little stream, and I can bring all my weights to him. I can be falling asleep, talking to him. I can be out on a walk in the morning with my wife, and we're praying together, like talking to God, because he made a way for us to have a relationship with him. He did that by getting on a cross and dying in our place to make us his own because he loved us. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. So if you want to put your trust in him today, I'd encourage you to pray with me. But for the rest of us, guard your heart. Even more, invite God to guard your heart. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much that you are the God of peace. You are the God who wants to surround us in the midst of such brokenness, pain, and turmoil. You are the God who, Lord, wants us to have a soul again and a mind and a heart that's free of the broken weights that we're constantly under. Not that we walk free of them completely, not that we aren't there for people, but, Lord, the constancy of it is where I think you want us to bring some relief to our souls. And so I just ask you, you'll help us, God. Help us navigate this, Lord and yet still make a great impact. God, I thank you. I believe that the more disconnected we are from all these things we've talked about today, the greater impact we'll have. 
because our souls will be able to be there that much more. Our hearts and our minds will be that much more rooted in you, Lord, able to help others who are broken, able to help others who are hurting. And so, God, help us, Lord. Let our souls be strong for the wounded around us. If you're a follower of Jesus, what needs to change? Can you pray about it? Just say, Lord, what do I need to give you? You know what? Maybe none of the things I brought up today are what you need to, need to aim at. Maybe you just live in a, I mean, you may live in a completely different world than I do. That's fine. But what is it for you? Maybe you need to not have your phone on in the morning. Maybe it's mid, I don't know. Your, your, your life, let God lead you. But God, I just pray you help us, Lord. If you're not a father of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I'd love for you to pray with me now. You can just say, Jesus, thank you so much for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for showing me your love, your forgiveness, and your mercy. Thank you that you want me to have a relationship with you where I can bring my burdens right to you directly. And God, I thank you that you've purchased for me peace, security, freedom, contentment, love. God, help me to walk in all that. And I thank you for this gift of salvation. In your name, amen.